You are listening to the Daily Homily for Magdala in the Holy Land. The disciples of John and of the Pharisees were accustomed to fast. People came to Jesus and objected. Why do the disciples of John and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered them, Can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast on that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old cloak. If he does, its fullness pulls away the new from the old, and the tear gets worse. Likewise, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the skins are ruined. Rather, new wine is poured into fresh wineskins. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I think it's possible to see some movies where wine is involved, a wine cellar from ancient times, and they have wineskins. A very good friend gave me a present of a bottle of wine today. If Jesus was around today, he couldn't use this example because we're not familiar with it. All of the parables and all of the metaphors use imagery that people understand. There's no point using metaphors if they're not immediately comprehensible because they help us to go to another level of understanding about something else. And so with the wine bottles, you could probably refill them. It might be good recycling, you know. But uh, with the skins, obviously, Jesus has beautiful wisdom for the people there. I want to comment two points today, if I can stick to those. <laughs> and one is a hidden comment in the, in the gospel text, or a hidden reality that's not so obvious for us, and I would think also for the disciples at the time. And there is uh, the very difficult first reading. It's very difficult because we can't understand that God would ask the king to destroy a whole people and everything they had. And Saul didn't do it. But the reason Saul didn't do it wasn't through our acquired humanitarian sense today, but to have this sacrifice for God. So he thought he could worship God by doing something else than what God asked for. God asked him, he gave him instructions, and he disobeyed God. And that's the point of the whole chapter 15 of Samuel. It's the beginning of the breaking of Saul as king, that he didn't respond to God's instruction in his life. And that's very important for us to be always checking in with God. What does he want from us? And that's written in the gifts that we have of life and of goodness and of faith and hope and love and of the family we have. And if a family is blessed by a Down syndrome child, then they have to adapt. It might be very painful, it might be very difficult, they mightn't understand it, they probably don't. They probably have moments of rebellion and rejection. 
But eventually, we have to learn that process of accepting God's will in our lives. Otherwise, we're at variance with God. We're deviant from his will. And we have this problem today, because many people do things at deviant uh, towards God's will and try to make up for it with a few prayers. Are a very cheapened, uh, actually very questionable use of confession. Confession should, in the reconciliation, and Pope Francis just talked about this very recently in an interview in Italy in the last couple of days, you know, to always forgive. But the person can't come, I can do this sin now and then I go to confession. This is a, a very distorted way. A different thing is, so I was struggling to be good and false and go to God for forgiveness, of course. But we can't manipulate the religious to have our own way. And we have that danger, every one of us. We can cover for ourselves and for, I will give you some very practical examples. There were some people that I knew, a whole category of people, and I was working in their environment, and they wanted to, they didn't go to church every Sunday, they didn't go at all, but they did one big pilgrimage helping handicapped people. And that was beautiful work of mercy, but that was kind of their cover for the rest of the year. That's not, there's something major there that they need to grow in. It would be okay for somebody to get started there to move on, but it can't be the cover for a, a laissez-faire, a, 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 a libertine approach in other issues that God is asking. We might be struggling with issues and we have to be on our knees and say, Lord, give me the grace to do it, and we might fall, but we can't cover up. We, there's, there's an interior honesty and sincerity required in our relationship with everybody with your children, with your spouse, with your parents, with your neighbors, with your in-laws. There's an authentic relationship. And we can't fumble with that. We can't mess with it. We have to be honest about it. And if we fail, we have to ask for forgiveness. And the same thing with God. We have to be honest with God in our faith. And this broke us all. And it obviously had bad consequences for, for, the, for the people. And that's why we pray today for the leaders, because many times in all of our responsibilities and roles in life, we can be challenged to do the right thing or to do something that suits us, that we think. And therefore, we need to form our conscience to do what God wants. To the upright, I will show the saving power of God. And now, because I don't want to go over time too much, just a little note about the gospel. It's obviously, fasting is a very good example. People can do the fasting stuff, but be having a very proud heart. We can be doing the religious stuff and be critical of others and harsh and unkind. And the true transformation of our heart to be sensitive to God is a great exercise. And in dealing with this issue, Jesus uses an argument. And my question to myself today is, I wonder if the disciples got it. Maybe it's one of those things that Jesus said, and the, I, we will send the Holy, we will, I will send you the Holy Spirit to lead you to understand, to remember all that I told you. And we have another case of this when Jesus said he would des destroy this temple and in three days I will rebuild it. And they said they understood this after he rose from the dead with the Holy Spirit. They didn't understand it when he said it, but they remembered it. And then because of the experience of the Passion, Death, Resurrection, and Pentecost, 
they were able to understand what he had said before when the Holy Spirit reminded them. And here we have a similar case. Like, did, they, did they get that he was saying that he was the bridegroom of the church when he said this? I wonder. But afterwards, for sure, when they wrote these lines in the gospel, uh, years after Pentecost, then it became clear to them, wow, he said that and it means this. That happens also in family relationships sometimes and people say something and you don't capture the full meaning until you know more of the context and then you say, wow, now I understand. And here we have this, this beautiful insight into the relationship between Jesus and humanity, between Jesus and the church, the bride and the bridegroom, which is an heir of the Old Testament thinking and explanation how God said to his people, you are my spouse. This is very strong in the prophet Hosea. And even though it's not explicitly spelt out, it's the Song of Songs. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Magdala, follow us on YouTube and on Facebook.